Hey, this is Jim, pastor of Decided Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope the sermon you're about to hear just blesses your heart and really encourages you. If you don't mind, subscribe. That way you'll get instant notifications every time a sermon is uploaded. And by all means, if you're feeling led to give, click on the giving link and there'll be more directions to follow. God bless. Enjoy the message. may be seated. How are we doing? Did everybody survive Snowmageddon? Thank you, Brandon. Guys, I've emptied out my office for you. Everything that's in there is now on stage. You guys can feel like you're a part of my uh, week. So uh, it'll all make sense in a moment, but I did bring a lot of toys with me today. Um, I just couldn't help but notice during the announcements, everything was a class, right? CPR class, and then Brandon's workshop class, and then this other class that I already forgot, FPU, I didn't forget it. No siree, Kevin, I did not forget. So all these classes, so I felt left out. So we're gonna do class today. All right, you guys okay with that? Thank you, thank you, somebody is. Um, I hope you enjoyed the words of that last song. It was new, if you didn't know it before, it's new, but it's literal scripture. Uh, All the lyrics of that song are exactly what Brandon read from Ephesians chapter 3. And the reason why we're teaching you that song, Marcus, this is for you, is because we're about to embark, not next Sunday, but the first Sunday in February, we we begin a verse-by-verse deep, deep study through Ephesians. Okay, so that was for him. He knows what I'm talking about. But uh, we're going to begin Ephesians 1 and 2, verse by verse, starting uh, the first Sunday in February. And we're just going to get through the first two chapters. We're going to take a break, do some other things, and then we're going to come back to Ephesians 3 and 4 after Easter. So be excited. If you, if you want something to read and, and you're looking to start reading your Bible, that would be a great place to start because we're going to be right behind you, verse by verse. So it's exciting. But for today, that's not today. Today is the last installment of our brand new theme, Next 10. Can everybody see that? Next 10. I know the 10 kind of disappears because all we have up there is the outline. But Next 10, we're talking about the next 10 years of Decided Church. Uh, this year, because this is our celebration year for all that God has done this past 10 years as a church. Amen. And I don't know how long you've been able to be a part of it, but we're going places and God is leading us and it's exciting. So we're just here to come and see and then go and tell. I'm sorry about my mic in advance. It's having issues today, but uh, we'll pray the demons right out of it. Come and see, go and tell. That's what we're here for. That's what they did at the tomb, right? When the ladies came and they saw that he wasn't there anymore, the angel's like, what are you doing? Come and see the place where he lay and then go and tell. Go and tell a world about the good news that Jesus has risen, just like he said he would. So if you got your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. Romans 12 in your Bibles, or it's going to be up here. We're going to talk about something that we all have We're going to be talking about something that we all have, and more than likely, 90% of you in this room, it's a mess. Even mine is a mess. It's disorganized, and it's cluttered, and it's messy. (laughs) So before I reveal what it is that we're going to be talking about this morning, why don't you stand? We're going to read Romans 12. We're going to start in verses 1 through 3. And then we'll just kind of see where we end up. Sounds good? 
we're going to do, maybe we'll jump around a little bit, but Romans chapter 12, let's stand as we read God's word together, and hopefully these verses sound familiar to you a little bit. Paul is talking to the churches all across Rome, and he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, everybody say, given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Now, let's jump down to verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor, hate, flee from what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Verse 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Unless you're single, then you can take it a step further. Do whatever it takes. Verse 11, do not be slothful. Oh, I skipped a part. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Verse 11, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Verse 12, rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Let's pray. Jesus, we just want your will to be done in this room today. We want to embark on these next 10 years by narrowing all of this business down to what can I do with what I have in the next 10 days? What can I do with what I have in the next 10 days? That's our prayer to you. Would you show us, reveal it through your word, what we can get busy doing right now? to affect where we end up 10 years from now. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right, so this dirty, unorganized, cluttered area that I'm talking about that we all have that I would be shocked. And in fact, I, I'm going to go a step further. If, if you have a clean, organized, clutter-free one of these, I want you to take me by the hand and show me today after the service. Are you ready? Your center console. We all have a center console, right? And that center console kind of acts as your car's junk drawer, does it not? We all have a junk drawer in our house. If you don't, I don't, I don't know how you function. You probably are not saved or anything, but um, everybody's got a junk drawer. Everybody's got a center console. And it's just kind of the holding place for, I don't know, the coupon, that spare rubber band, a couple of quarters in case you get in a bind. Um, maybe a, a pocket knife if you need one, maybe a lighter, maybe uh, just some random stuff, maybe a pen or a pencil, a highlighter or two. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want to know the craziest thing you found in your center console, but we're going to add some things today. If they're not there, they're going to be there, okay? A couple of things that we all have, maybe you already have them in your center console, and the point of this is, 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 is to say this. God wants to use what we already have now. 
We talked about that last week. We, we, we studied Moses' life, and God showed us that he wanted to use the staff that was already in Moses' hand to deliver the people of Israel and cross the Red Sea on dry ground. Amen? So God's in the business of using the abilities and the talents and the giftings that we already have now to accomplish what he wants us to do. So four things for you today that are, I want you to either find them in your center console or add them to your center console. And it'll be a way of reminder, a highlighter. Okay. You need a highlighter. You need a ruler. Now this one, you might have to put in the glove box because it's a little bigger. Everybody needs a ruler in your center console, a rubber band. That one's easy. It's probably already there if we're honest, rubber band. And if you don't have these, I got like thousands in the cupboard. You can go see if Andre or something. And then a penny. Everybody's got a penny in their center console. What do these mean? These represent the next four things. Only four. We could do more, um, but we'll just start with four things that you have now that you can begin to do today over the next 10 days that will change where you end up in the next 10 years. Everybody ready? You tracking? And we learn a lot of this from Romans chapter 12. The first one that is going to be represented by the highlighter, if you will commit to this first thing, it can change where you end up in 10 years. And that is this, commit to communion with God. I'm going to write on the board. Is that okay? So number one, we're going to commit to communion. And that, I'm not talking about like the bread and the wafers and the juice here. I'm talking about spending time with God. So if you're a note taker, I'm going to help you out doing something new, writing on my board, because everybody else gets a class. I want a class. So it's class time. So commit to communion. And this is, this is just walking with God day by day. Right? We're getting down to the basics. What do we need to do over the next 10 days that will affect where we end up in 10 years? Well, are you walking with God? Are you letting him talk to you? Are you talking back to him? It doesn't have to be, you don't have to race through the Bible in a year. You don't have to tackle on more than you can chew, but just commune with God. Get a good devotional. Download the Bible app again. Open the proverb of the day. That's one that I highly recommend. Just there's, there's 31 proverbs, there's 31 days in the average month. Just read a proverb a day. Read a psalm a day. Whatever it is for you, just begin to commune with God. Commit to it. Commit to commune with God over the next 10 days. Who's ever heard of habit stacking? Raise your hand. Ever heard of it? Habit stacking? I see a few hands. That's good. Habit stacking is saying, if I want to build in something regular and routine into my schedule, I need to place it around something else that I do every other day, right? So for those of us who are flossers, we usually floss when? In the middle of the day, randomly, after lunch? No, you floss probably before you brush your teeth or after, on either end. Why? Because you know you're going to get it done. It's at the same time as the, the teeth brushing, and it happens. That's habit stacking. So if you take your, your Bible reading, committing to commune with God, and you're not doing it now, and you want to begin to do it, put it around something that you have to do every day. Anybody eat breakfast? Whip out the Bible before or after or during breakfast. Anybody um, 
oh, I don't know, check your phone. Make a verse, the background, so that when you lift your phone up and it comes on, you see scripture. Commit to communion with God. And it can be as simple as just placing it around something you do every day. So for all of those people who um, go to burn boot camp and, and you're used to modding up, right? I have a mod up. If, if you're already reading your Bible faithfully every day, then I have a mod up for you. And that is this, journal and or fast. Just try it out. Jules thought she would never hear the day. Journal or fast, write it, write it down. Put it down on paper. Begin to write out what God is teaching you in that quiet time. Now, if you haven't committed to communion with God, you don't need to do that yet. Just start with the basics. Just read scripture every day. He will begin to talk to you. You will begin to talk back to him. That's, that's good. That's rich. That's enough. That's enough for the next 10 days. But for those of you who are already committed to that lifestyle, you've already habit stacked. It's there. It's routine. It's already rich. Write it down. And if you're already journaling, begin to fast. Say, God, I'm going to dedicate this next amount of time. I'm not going to serve my body. I'm going to pray and see what you want to reveal to me. Commit to communion. It's the highlighter because this is a good tool to bring with you to your Bible time. Maybe you're into color pencils. Maybe you're into whatever. I don't care what you're into, but for me, it's a highlighter. Bring that highlighter to your quiet time and begin to mark those verses up. As God begins to point things out to you, mark them down, write them down. Bring it, put your highlighter in your center console. All of us have one. And God says, I just want to use what you already have. So if you've got a highlighter, give it to me. I'll use it. I want to talk to you. I'm going to speak to you through my word. That's it. Allow yourself to hear from God. Allow yourself to begin to know him. And if you think, okay, I got to think, well, why don't we spend regular time? What, what are those hindrances that keep the average person, maybe the average Christian, from a regular time with God? And I could only think of really two things. Either you don't prioritize it like you should, and that's where the habit stacking comes in, or you think he's mad at you. Or, or, or you don't want to read the Bible because you're afraid that he's going to judge you or you're going to feel con convicted. And I want you to hear me this morning. God is not mad at you. He is not the one that's guilt tripping you or putting a bunch of shame on you or making you hide or fear him. Hide your face from him. God, the Bible says in Psalms 3.3 that he is the lifter of our head. God is the one who wants to see you and talk to you and commune with you and encourage you. Now, if there's a little bit of Holy Spirit conviction in your life, that's only because he wants to see you. He wants to make you more like his son. But God is not in the business of shame or guilt or being mad at you. I'm sorry, but that's, that's the devil. He's the one that's convinced you that God's mad at you. Therefore, don't even open your Bible because he's going to slap you around with it. God is not mad at you. He's the lifter of your head, Psalm 3.3. And if you doubt me, look at what John chapter 15 and verse 4 says. It's going to be on the screen. Let's read it there. John 15.4 says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Anybody want fruit, a fruitful season in your life, in this church's life over the next 10 years? We can't do that unless we're abiding in him. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So the highlighter, just give God your highlighter. It's as simple as that.
Number two, two out of four, serve someone else. Serve someone else. These are basic, simple things. Basic, simple things that we need to do. Do you know the church, what we need to get busy doing as we look at our next 10 theme and we have our little tagline and we're proud of it. We wear it on our shirts. I see a lot of shirts today. Come and see. And then what's the next word? Go. Did you know I'm a firm believer that the church needs to get out of the building? I'm a firm believer that we need to go. We need to get out of these four walls sometimes and actually serve somebody. Go do something for somebody. Do a community project. Take your small group and go do something. Maybe just you individually, you know of a need. And, and there's, well, yeah, you could submit it to the care team or you could just go take care of it yourself. Serve somebody. Serve someone else. The church needs to get out of the building. Guess what we need to do? We need to get out of our own head sometimes and just put action to our theology. If all you do is come in here and sit, soak, and sour and get full of knowledge and you get full of God's word and you just get full of all the theology and all the philosophy and all the deep studies and you never put it into action, you will become a toxic judgmental Christian. And the world already has enough of those. Amen? Okay. Hey, if you're married, serve your spouse. That's your mod up. That takes a lot of work. Serve your spouse. That's the only person that you need to be focusing on over the next 10 days. We're taught, we're boiling it down all the way down to the next 10 days. And if you are married, your mod up is to serve that spouse. Sacrificially, generously serve your spouse. Ask yourself this, if you're struggling, here's a good question to kickstart your brain. I really wish someone would do blank for me. Anybody ever get in your fields and you're like, man, I wish somebody would really text me right now. I wish somebody would really buy me coffee today. I wish somebody would really pay me a visit. I wish somebody would really like cook a meal for me. Whatever that blank is filled with, that's exactly what God is telling you to go do for somebody else. If you need it, give it. That's a Bible principle. It's called the golden rule, which that's why we have our ruler here. Let's look at Romans, excuse me, Matthew 7 and verse 12. Did you know I was an adult when I realized that the golden rule is actually a Bible verse? I don't know how I missed that. But the golden rule has been hijacked by, I don't know, elementary school teachers. Who do we blame? Who do, who do you want to blame today? I don't even know where I heard the golden rule first. Probably school. But it's actually a Bible verse. It says in Matthew 7, 12, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. If you need it, give it. For this is the law and the prophets. So number two, over the next 10 days, what can we do as a church? Serve someone else. And what are we going to put in our center console or our glove box to remind us of that? Golden rule. Ruler. Very easy. If you have a ruler in your center console, I want to meet you. That's very unusual. A tape measure, maybe? Any guys got a tape measure in there? That'll work. That'll work. Tape measures are fine. All right. All right. Mod up. 
I'm not talking to just the married people now. If you want to, if if you if you truly believe in your heart that, that you have answered the Lord in that and you're and you're pretty good at serving the needs of others, you see them, you meet them, here's your mod up. Serve your enemy. Serve the person that you do not like. Serve the person that does not like you. Do something for them. That's your mod up. All right, number three. Oh man. Sorry, I can't really write and talk at the same time. So I have to do one or the other. You guys want me to write first? Okay, we'll write first. I'm sorry. Number three, give back to God. Give back to God. This is the penny. We all have it. It's supposed to remind you of the widow's might. Do you know that story when the Pharisees were showing off the extent to which they gave and they were making a big public show about it? And then the widow came along behind him, slipped it in there, and he's like, guys, she's given more than you because number one, she gave all that she had, it was sacrificial, and the way that she did it is the method that I prefer. Don't make a show about it. Don't be public about it. But you need to give back to God. And before you start turning off your heart, this is not about decided church. I don't even talk about giving that much. True? But when we're talking about giving back to God, it's for you. It's so that you can see fruit, you can see change, you can see growth in your life and in your finances because, well, you can't outgive God. And it's all over the Bible that if you give to him, whatever the measure that you give to him will be received back. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, the point is this, I don't know, that, that, that's for Jim. I mean, I, I love clear, concise communication and Paul nails it. He's like... Guys, hello, the point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. He's not talking about planting a garden. He's talking about giving back to the needs of the body. Verse 7, each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And he also loves a proportional giver because he mentions that in verse six. A good rule of thumb, and, and, and we can have arguments later at a different time about the Old Testament law and whether tithing is, is strictly for the old covenant and we're under a new whatever. The point is a good place to start is 10% of your gross income. I didn't say net. I didn't say after taxes. I said 10% of everything that you bring in belongs to God. And he will get it whether you give it cheerfully or not. Everything belongs to him. In fact, the whole paycheck belongs to him. So if we could just get in the habit of giving back 10%, you would see that you also reap 10%. In fact, the way God gives back, it also says in other scriptures that it's pressed down, shaken together, and bubbling over. That's in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. Pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. That's how God wants to give back to you. 
He doesn't want to force you. He doesn't want to twist your arm. He, he loves a cheerful giver, but guess what? If you can just commit to doing that, if, if you've never given to God, if you've never tithed, you've never given money back to God, begin. Just start. Over the next 10 days, that is a step that will change where you end up in 10 years. It really will. It will change how you end up. I believe in it. I've seen the fruit in my life. Just in this example, I grew up in, in a good household that taught me the necessity of tithing from a young age. So I've never known what it's like not to give 10% back to God. I've never had to worry about it. I've never had to struggle it. I've never had to rearrange my budget and be like, oh man, how am I gonna fit this in? As a blessing of good parents, but I'll tell you on this side that I've also never needed for anything. I've never had a bill, I've never had a need that God did not meet. And I'm convinced, as sure as I'm standing here, that's because I had a practice built in early into my character that you give back to God what is his. And watch what he will do. Steward the money that he allows you to have. He gave you the job, didn't he? Therefore, he gave you the paycheck. Therefore, the smallest thing you could do is give back 10% regularly consistently, not once in a while, every check. Next 10 days. You can do that. Listen, for all you business people and entrepreneurs, the ROI is unstoppable on this. You can't find a better stock. You literally, I challenge you to find a better mutual fund. I, found, I challenge you to find some kind of crypto that gives back like when you tie to God does. It is the best investment. If you, if you hear nothing else from FPU, I hope this is a point. But when you give back to God, that is the starting point. That is the best thing you can do with your finances. You start there and watch what he does. Mod up. If you're already a tither, try upping the percentage. Nobody said you had to stop at 10. In fact, J.C. Penney, everybody familiar with him, he gave 90 and lived off 10. And he's well off. He did just fine. So nobody said you had to, if you're a faithful giver, you're in the church, you've been tithing as long as you can remember, then make it hurt. Take the percentage up. You can't outgive God anyway. You cannot, it's impossible. That's what the penny's for. Put a penny in your console or find one there. So we've got a couple of things. We've got a highlighter. We've got a ruler. We've got a penny. Last but not least, find a rubber band in your console, maybe in your desk drawer or your junk drawer at home. Um, let's write this one down. And this one can be kind of, it's generic, but on purpose, because I want it to be whatever the Lord prompts you about. And that is take a risk. If we want to see God do big things over the next 10 years, we have to start doing big steps. If we want to see Red Seas parted, if we want to see Jericho walls come down, if we want to see eventually a church building on new property that can fit all of us and accommodate our kids and then have room to bring in the lost community and have events and love on people, then we've got to begin taking risks now. What does that mean for your faith? And that's why I have the rubber band, because you got to be stretched in order to grow. Nothing, I heard it said 
one time like this on a podcast, nothing that you're dreaming of is within your comfort zone, right? Everything you want, every goal that you have, every desire that God's put on your heart, the reason that you don't have it now is because it's over there. It's outside of your comfort zone. You gotta stretch to get it. And specifically in church, we're talking about stretching your faith. Do something intentionally that grows, that stretches, that makes you uncomfortable to a certain extent. Grow that faith. And that's where we talk about sharing your story, right? Come and see and then go and tell. Have you ever shared your story? If not, get in a small group. Get in a group where you can be vulnerable and honest and just put yourself out there. Take a risk. Be honest. Put yourself out there. Share your story with somebody. Maybe for you, taking a risk means risking your time, serving the church, plugging in somewhere. Offering a talent, right, Brandon? Offering a talent back to the Lord that you have, that he wants. How about speaking up? You've been silent about something, and you know it's bothering you, and you've just been keeping your mouth shut because you don't want to ruffle any feathers, you don't want to rock the boat, and God's challenged you. I want you to take a risk. I want you to speak up next time in that situation. You know what the situation is. Speak up. Represent me. Don't allow them to continue to put down my name. Maybe for you it's making a change, forgiving a friend, apologizing. Maybe it has something to do with letting go of a grudge. Maybe it has something to do with baggage. Would that be risky? It's comfortable. We've gotten comfortable with some weight that we carry around. That's crazy. Unless you're training for a, a crazy type of Spartan race marathon thing. It's crazy to get comfortable to wait, but we do it all the time. And then when, we, when, the, when the Lord pries on it, when he tries to chill us away, it, it gets uncomfortable because it's become a growth and it just, it's just there. And, and now it's painful to get rid of the baggage, the extra weight, but take a risk, stretch your faith, rubber band. Take the first step, do something new. I tried that and got my knee jacked up, but I'm believing that God will heal me, okay? I'm believing that God will heal me. But take a risk, grow your faith, do something new that you've never done. Mod up, you wanna mod up? Oh, I'm already pretty good at taking risks, Jim. I already take a lot of risks, I'm fine. Let's do a mod up then. Share your story with a total stranger. I'm not talking about aggressively approach somebody in the parking lot, okay? <laughs> I'm not talking about grabbing somebody by the arm or the shoulder and saying, you will listen because I have something to share. But when the Lord prompts you and you begin a casual conversation with a complete stranger and the Lord prompts you and, and you get that little Holy Spirit prick, share your story. Tell them what God's doing. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be five minutes, Jerry. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to take up their whole afternoon. You share a little bit of what God's doing in your life. I'm picking on people today, but I've easily picked on me too. So take a risk. This is all we're talking about. Stuff you already have in your center console. A highlighter, a ruler, a penny, a rubber band. If you think, I'm just curious, who thinks they have actually all four of these things? And you can sub out the tape measure for the ruler. You got all four of those things in your console? Anybody? Oh, wow, that's quite a few. That's awesome. See, all you got to do is offer what you already have to God. He wants to use what you got. 
He's not making you jump through hoops and perform some type of exercise to, to, to get on his level so that you can be used. No, he wants what you got now. He wants the simple things that, he, that he's equipped you with now. What can we do over the next 10 days to change the next 10 years? Commit to communion. Serve someone else. Give back to God. Take a risk. C-S-G-T. Come, see, go, tell. Commit, serve, give, take. Easy. Easy to remember. That's all I got for you. Let's pray and let's ask God, would you be with me? Would you be my help over these next 10 days? I'm not talking about two weeks from now, folks. I'm talking about now, starting today. You with me? We're starting today with this. 10 days. That means by the time we meet again on Sunday, you're already 75% done. There's only a few days left, okay? Next 10 days to affect the next, to affect, not to say a bad word, to affect the next 10 years. Not a bad word, a holy word. All right, let's pray. Jesus, please cleanse my mind and make me new again. We love you. I thank you for bringing to our attention that this stuff is practical. It's, it's almost actually easy if we would just listen to you and look at you God, we want to give you our center console this morning. We really do. We want to give you those four items that we all have that we can lay hands on today that we, that we know we've put aside, and we want to offer them to you, the, the highlighter, the ruler, the penny, the rubber band. What could you do? God, what could you do in the next 10 days to grow us and change us if we committed to talk with you? if we intentionally served someone else, even if it means our stranger, even if it means our enemy, what could you do if we gave back to you just a portion of what you've blessed us with? What could you do if we took a risk? I pray, God, that you would challenge our hearts with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're with me, I'm already standing, so I already count, but if you're with me, and this may be a part of it, maybe all of it. Maybe you've got to mod up on some certain steps. That's fine. But if you're with me and as a church, you want to see what God can do over the next 10 days, would you stand? I'll pray for us. Amen. Thank you so much. Next 10 days, 10 days, talk to God, serve somebody, give back to him, take a risk. Amen. I love it. God, we're offering ourselves to you because we're really about this. We don't come in here and talk about it. We want to be about it. We want to go. We want to get out of these four walls sometimes and show you off. We want to make you famous in our communities. Would you be over this next 10 dream? It's a big, lofty dream of what we promise we're committing to you. We believe you for it. You're the same God. You're the same God, and you still want to move in miraculous, life-changing, earth-shattering ways. And we want to start here. We want to start right where we are with what we have, right here in the Irmo community. God, what can you do over the next 10 days to prove yourself, to show us evidence that you're with these steps? God, we're committing to it, to all four. 
And we pray that you'd be with us. We pray that you would make a way even, even now that you would impress upon us Maybe the person to share the story with, maybe the enemy to love on, and maybe the grudge to let go of, or the friend to call, or the apology that's needed. Whatever it is, start moving now. Over the next 10 minutes, that would affect the next 10 days. We love you. We love the fullness of who you are. And God, we pray that we would just begin a journey to grasp, to, to grab a hold a little bit of that revealed glory. That is you. We worship you. Thank you for Jesus coming to this earth, dying a death he didn't deserve to redeem all of us, to make us clean. Thank you that that offering is a free gift if we would just receive it by faith. Just take you at your word and say, Jesus, because of what you've done, I'm accepting you as my savior. Come into my life, make me brand new. Thank you for that promise of eternal life. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen.